1: Well, as we've been reporting today, shareholders in Tesla approved a three-for-one stock split. Joining us to talk about this more, Ed Ludlow, Bloomberg technology reporter. And uh, Ed, the timing of this looks to be pretty good.
2: Yeah, I mean, it was expected. You know, no one thought that the resolution wouldn't pass, um, partly because it was so telegraphed. Tesla tweeted in March that they wanted to do it, and the annual shareholder meeting was only scheduled a month ago. So... You know, We saw some muted share reaction in after hours, but it's important because it lowers the the price to around $300 a share. I would note very importantly for any shareholders listening, they did not set any dates or terms on when the the stock split comes effective. So we still need to hear more from the company. But they've done it before in August of 2020, and that was effective, a five-for-one stock split. And it kind of democratizes access, and and it has proven to be a boost for the stock over a longer period in the past. Even though it
1: was made official today, I think the market had been in the process of uh, discounting counting the likelihood of this outcome so the question becomes was it necessary to kind of put the defibrillator on uh, tesla shares i mean is it going to resuscitate the stock and bring it back to life as it were
2: Yeah, I I, I mean, taking the, the kind of series of events from the annual shareholder meeting overall, the main takeaway you have is just how crucial the retail investor is in all of this. You know, Tesla's launched this new platform for retail shareholder engagement so they can talk more regularly with management. Retail investors were very present in person at the factory. You know, often these annual meetings are kind of a dud, right, guys? We've covered so many of them where they're just not interesting. But the Tesla shareholder base is so engaged and many retail investors just don't have the, the capital right to buy stock in meaningful volumes at $1,000 dollars a share bringing it down to 300 does make it a little more accessible um, one interesting point is that you know Tesla has not done share buybacks and that was one of the ideas that was floated during this shareholder meeting during the Q&;A um, but this is kind of a similar mechanism you know for, for I guess not returning capital, but but making it an easier ride for the shareholder.
1: Well, there's a lot of enthusiasm, as you say, for Tesla stock among retail investors. But what about Tesla bonds? Are they due for an upgrade about now?
2: Yeah, it's an interesting one. I mean, Tesla has always it's cash on hand is not a problem right and and i think what's really interesting is you know meta the parent company of facebook went to the debt markets for the first time today um i'm laughing because it wasn't a story i expected when i woke up um you know apple has has done its usual annual tapping of the debt markets conditions such as they are the credit market improved tesla has kind of been modest but consistent in debt markets it has a lot of cash on it's it's well its cash flow is pretty strong right and so you know it's in a position where it's it's in an enviable position where it can invest its own cash and maybe they will maybe they won't but it's not something that was really discussed at the shareholder meeting so.
1: Away from trying to excite retail investors about uh, Tesla stock, I'm wondering whether we got a little bit more visibility into the company's business as a part of this meeting. I mean, what do we know about where they are in strategy? And I'm also curious as whether or not uh, the subject of Twitter Came up at all?
2: God, there's so much, and we have such little time. But you know, broadly, yes, the plan is to build many more factories. Musk said they could announce another factory location this year. He reiterated this idea that ultimately they have this long-term target to build 20 million EVs a year by 2030. To do that, they'll need around a dozen factories, he says, which gives you the kind of idea of the pace at which they build. You know, they're working very hard on batteries. They're working very hard on artificial intelligence for a future where. Teslas drive themselves and so they're fleets. You don't own it as a consumer car. On Twitter, yes, he was asked about it. That's the joy of the shareholder meeting. There's a Q and A. He said that he really understands the product, that he gets himself in trouble on there, um, but that he felt he could really help Twitter, which I thought was a very interesting comment because this week he has counter sued Twitter, um, <laughs> over this this deal and he's you know, each side has filed a number of subpoenas, it's getting quite ugly in, in the legal forum, and yet here he is at the Tesla shareholder meeting, saying, hey, I think I can really help this company, um, which was an interesting reaction.
1: Did we get any news? Oh, I know we got some news about uh, Cybertruck, the Optimus robot, a yes. uh, couple of new products. Tell us about that.
2: Oh, cool. yes. I want to talk about Cybertruck. I mean, he's always doing fighting talk, and he kind of mocks himself about his previously missed projections and timelines, but Cybertruck is on track to be starting production in the second half, you know, halfway through next year. They're gonna start installing the factory, um, the equipment at the Austin factory in the next couple of months. One key thing, when the Cybertruck was unveiled in 2019, I was there, if you remember, a metal ball got thrown at the window and it smashed, which wasn't supposed to happen. But the deposit price was only $99 and the sticker price was around $40,000. And Musk basically claimed clean and said, that's just not gonna happen. The Cybertruck they build will be very much more expensive the deposit much higher. And that, of course, accounts for inflation and and the supply chain crunch we've seen over the last two and a half years. Ed,
1: it's always a pleasure. Thanks so much for making time to chat with us. Uh, Bloomberg's Ed Ludlow there. He covers technology from our uh, bureau in San Francisco, joining us here on Daybreak Asia.